life lessons. The proficiency lasts until the end of your next life rests. Yeah! Look at that <laughs> out of combat utility. You're going to be so useful. Oh, I assume I'm, you're mocking us well. I'm sensing some it's, sarcasm. Yeah, yeah it's it's. <laughs> Welcome to Monsters and Monster Class. I'm Eliotti. I'm Jared Bornigal. And I'm Will Melden. And on this episode, we are taking a look at the new fighter class in the one D&D UA that recently here came out. We already did an overview video, links at the top of the entire playtest packet, because it was a pretty big one. And now we're going to go through class by class in, in our typical, uh, what's the word I wanted to use there? Um, arduous style. Every, cover every every feature of the class and talk in detail and put out, put out in a more in-depth one. We did a poll of what people wanted to hear first, so we're covering the fighter first because that one. So, uh, fighter, in general, like the concept of what a fighter is in this playtest packet is the same as what it is in 5th edition. No major changes there or really any at all. They're good at fighting. They're masters in all weapons, comfortable in all types of armor, masters of the battlefield. Same hit dice, hit points, saving throws. They now could pick persuasion as a skill. Big change. Yeah. <laughs> big, big yeah, stuff. I, that one it's, I think will, not that obviously that that's a, a big one, but something that made me think of is we don't know what backgrounds are going to look like in this, if backgrounds are going to make a, a show at all, because in general they weren't great and weren't really loved in fifth edition. I think we talked about that in our, our Pathfinder archetype episode recently. I think that'll come out before this. So I'm just going to wave my fingers or it's afterwards. I don't know. Fingers are still waving. Uh, sorry, podcast listeners. And yeah, I, I think it's, it will that the weight of that will depend on if they just get rid of backgrounds entirely. I don't think they will. I think they'll add something else. Um, but anytime somebody wanted to be the charismatic fighter, it's not like there wasn't an option. So adding this right now to me means literally nothing. Who cares that there's a new yeah. skill? If I needed that skill for my character concept, I could get it. Yep. Plenty of easy ways to get skills. All right, so at first level, uh, they get fighting style. This is exactly the same. There's no changes there. Not a whole lot really to discuss. Um, then they do get second win, which has been modified a bit in the sense that it could be um, in, in the, twice on a yes. long per long rest, and it no longer comes back on a short rest. Right, which is sticking with the design philosophy of getting rid of short rests. So it's just really a modification in that sense. Otherwise, I think it's the same on hit points and everything. Yep, and yes. then you get more. There's there's now a dedicated table of how many you get per long rest. Yeah, I do wonder. Everything is leaning towards them just outright removing short rests. Have we seen short rests talked about in any of the the UAs? The only one I could think of was maybe Ranger had it. Uh, in in that the like removing a level of exhaustion on a short rest. Um, and I don't know if they kept that or are going to keep it, but. Based on this, the way they're going, it, it really does seem like there will only be rests. And I wonder if the, the even phrase of long rest is going to stick around. It's there. So there is a short rest in the... Go on, Will. It, it, they removed, you're right. Your instincts are correct that they removed a lot of the important short rest thing. But the word short rest appears in all these right. things. I I don't know. I guess I get why. <laughs> It still has some it, place in the game, but it can't be a character defining thing. It seems like right now the only thing that is tied to short rest are hit dice. That has not had any official change on it. 
So we'll see, I guess. And then also first they get weapon mastery. We talked about this a decent amount in the um, overview video. Link's at the top. Yeah, you pick at first level three kinds of simple martial weapons. You get you unlock their mastery for them, where it's different per weapon type. Um, I don't know if we need to go into too much detail because just watch watch the overview again. But basically to summarize, it's we like its existence in terms of giving more uniqueness to the martial classes, but it's not so much like a tactical choice being made to close that sort of caster martial gap. Yeah. And I also feel like at first level as a fighter, you're probably going to have access to all of the ones you care about for your build just yep. at first level. So it's not like this is some, and, and maybe that's good. I'm not even saying that's like a, a straight up negative. It's just the idea of it continuing to you know give you more options. It's like, you know, it's not that hard to get a different option. I already have three per and that I can change out on a long rest. So unless I'm planning on juggling more than three weapons today, I'm probably covered in terms of what I want out of weapon masteries right out the gate. Yeah. Which also makes it probably a pretty enticing one level dip for anyone who is trying to get weapon masteries. Uh, Warlocks, for example, I don't think they obtained weapon masteries. So now a one level dip in fighter is going to get them. It's, it's always been good. One level dip in fighter for, for warlock, right. but same thing. They, they get two second wins. Uh, they get a fighting style. They get the weapon masteries and you know, one more level and they get action search, which We'll, we'll go into, into. Here, but um yeah i do hope to see they restrain from giving any casters access to weapon mastery like giving blade singers weapon mastery i'd feel like a slap in the face because like that's an okay because that's kind it's of one happen. of the complaints a lot of it's like all right so the there's these subclasses for these full casters so they're still full casters but they get medium armor they get martial weapon proficiencies they get extra attack and it's like okay so what's the downside to doing that well, now our right, weapon mastery could be one of them, but if they start throwing it into the subclass features, I'm going to be kind of upset about it. I, we haven't seen it yet, though. So I think if we see knows? Blade Singer at all throughout the the life of one D and D, I will just scream, and you will hear my anger just ripple through the crust of the earth. So wherever you are, you will know that Blade Singer has been released. It is. It, it was such a slap in the face to Marshalls, and it, it really is such an obvious design flaw and such a blight on Fifth Edition. I, I don't know. I, it's, oh, it's, Nobody I don't even fucking plays Blade Singers. It's they just suck. so dumb. It's, it I just hate drawn. it. I especially after the rework. It. I don't even care about its strength. I care about its concept. I care about the fact that they they took they saw like oh yeah full casters the wizard they're the best caster in the game and they're like oh let's just make him about as good as most martial characters like without hurting their spell casting yes yeah right so yeah i stand by that obviously extremely strong statement All right, then at second level, they get Action Surge. Um, that has a tweak as well. It, and the concept is still the same, and they get the same amount of uses um, once per short or long rest, and then it will later on they get more. But it's not just a new action. It's on your turn, you can make one additional action chosen from the following action options, attack, dash, disengage, or dodge. Oh, and this comes back on a short rest. I just realized. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still there. <laughs> 
Um, I do like this, this one change, bumps though. me out. Oh, you like it? I do. Yeah, I think that um, Action Surge was too abusable by multi-classing, and this makes it less enticing. And that if a there most times a pure fighter has no other use for their Action Surge besides the options listed here. That's true. So they just kind of most shut down multi-classing. Yeah. Um, I don't like the fact that it gets rid of object interactions being one of those that options. that's kind of where my head was going to in some of the examples and it's like yeah they should have just added object interaction and that would have had the same impact well game it a versatile right. enough because i think it feels really good when somebody can take a potion action surge and then attack and that's not an option here unless we see them change taking a potion to a bonus action a very popular house rule but again we've seen nothing about that so far right yeah, it gets rid of that double spell abusability. Right. And, and for that, weird messiness of interactions, yeah. Okay, uh, third level fighter subclass, that, not to talk about there. Fourth level, as usual, ability score improvements are feats. Fifth level, extra attack, that's the same. Also at fifth level, another ability score improvement or feat. So that's just bumped up sooner. So you kind of have two levels back to back which I am sure they just did because they wanted to keep that there because that was kind of the fighter's thing, getting more ability score improvements or feat choices than anyone else. But six level became a universal subclass level. So they just boomed up to five, which is a big power jump level anyway. So whatever. Yeah, I think that'll be interesting too in terms of multi-classing because a lot of times taking that six level in fighter was a little tough to justify if you were going to multi-class out of it, like if you were just going for extra attack. And now knowing that fifth level gets you the the feat and the extra attack makes fifth level really strong for fighters. It does. Um, I, I don't know if I love or hate that. No strong opinions yet, but it's something to keep an eye on. Right. All right, six level subclass feature. And then seventh, uh, weapon expert. This one we will stop and talk about. I'm going to read it. So you have honed your use of weapons to an art. Whenever you finish a long rest, you can choose one of the kinds of mastery weapons you're using and replace its mastery property with another mastery property. The chosen kind of weapon must qualify for the new property. For example, you can replace the longsword's flex property with the push property. This property change applies only for you, not for others. And the change ends for you when you finish your next long rest. So it lets you swap things out, which initially, like on paper, sounds cool. But then if you do start thinking about it, like there's not enough chain differences between the other weapon types, like the other weapons, where it doesn't feel, it just doesn't feel super worthwhile. Where at this point, you're probably just swap. If you need the other mastery option, you would just do that weapon. Yep. That's that's my big thing. It's like, well, why wouldn't I just use that weapon? Why do I need a class feature to to let me swap this out? There might be a couple of instances where, you know, you've got a magic weapon at this point, so you don't want to swap to a different weapon. Sure. Okay, but it still just doesn't feel that great. Actually, that's probably what it's for. For you're getting magic weapons. I think the goal here, which is not stated, but a little bit obvious, especially when we finally get to 13th level, is like the idea is the fighter can just do whatever they want with weapon expertise. There's just like caps off. Take whatever you want, do whatever you want. And that's the positive is that makes sense. It's kind of good. The negative is these masteries are still a little bit on the dull side. Um, Yeah, I I mean, that's really it. I I don't have an issue with them having the ability. It's just like, is that it? You know, I, I want a little bit more oomph out of it. 
sure. I'm leaning towards probably 100% here because of magic weapons. And then you have weapon masteries, then just get another pass in are buffed a bit. And each one made a little, a little more balanced to one another. I think this would be fine. You know what I actually want to see? So hmm. we, we talked about how with weapon masteries that they're very similar to cantrips, cantrip riders with Ray of Frost giving you, you know, a minus 10 movement speed. And one of these, I don't remember what it is, slow maybe, or sap uh, does the same thing where it, minus 10 movement speed. Um, the Why don't these scale? on level just like cantrips do obviously cantrips scale right. with damage but i wouldn't mind some form of scaling maybe it's pure damage i don't know in which case it makes weapon masteries very enticing but if you have five fighter levels then you get some additional thing uh that that could be nice as well make it okay. 15 feet of movement instead of 10 feet when you get to level five and then minus 20 feet of movement at level 11 i mean things the- like that <laughs> The issue is that actually is one of the only ones where it really works all that cleanly. For that one, for sure. Yeah. And there's, there might be a couple others where you can do something as clean, but still more the design direction I'd like to see. Cause otherwise it's like I said, at first level you get your masteries and you're like, all right, that's it. This is how this is still going to feel the same at first level as it will at 20th level. Okay. Moving on for that. Sure. All right, eight's another feat and ability score improvement. Nine, Indomitable, they did buff this. Um, previously, it was if you failed your saving throw, you can re-roll the save. And then you were limited to what? Proficiency bonus or, or just twice. Prolonged rest, something like that. One use, never mind. Yeah, I think it was just one, and then you got like a second at 17th it's or 13th something. 13th level. Oh, 13th, okay. Yeah. And then 30, a third 17. at 17th level. Yeah. That, we were both right. <laughs> yeah. So this is, if you fail your saving throw, you can re-roll it with a bonus equal to your fighter level. So when you get it, it's your normal saving throw plus nine. And then same, you use the new roll and you can't use this again until you finish a long rest. So that was a much needed boost because Indomitable was one where like on paper again, it sounded cool. But there's so many times you would fail your save, use Indomitable and just fail again, especially if it was something like a charisma saving throw or like a wisdom saving throw where you may not be all that high in it. Um, yeah, this my- one, I boost based on your fighter level is huge. Yeah, my only question is, would it be better to just make it a legendary resistance where you just automatically succeed? Or is keeping the possibility of failure, is that a benefit to the game? Hmm. I'm not saying I have an answer, but it does seem by the time you're 20th level and you're using this, you're going to succeed it because it's whatever you roll plus 20. Most times you'll succeed. there already. Right. Right, because like at plus plus nine when you get it. Um, right, so you're now rolling a minimum of 10, yeah. and then it depends on what, if you have a negative to your wisdom, then right. you still might fail. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's always that possibility of rolling two ones, but. Yeah, but I guess, yeah, it just does come up to like, oh, does it actually, does it give, you re-roll it. So it doesn't give you advantage on it. You just re-roll it. So you yeah, can't you have to use the new one. So if you got like a 10 on the first one, you couldn't be like, ooh, I want to bump this up by nine. And now I got a 19. Great, I succeed. You roll again, you get a one, and now you failed. So like yeah. it's it potentially removes that that cruddy feeling that Indomitable has right now, but it doesn't totally remove it. And it's just like, is it broken to just say once per long rest, you automatically succeed a saving throw of your choice? 
It fits with the description better. Indomitable it would has be a indomitable. specific meaning. <laughs> right. It doesn't mean, oh, I fucked it up again. <laughs> Let's see. Indomitable means dictionary definition, impossible to subdue or defeat. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think this is still domitable. <laughs> Less yeah, domitable. Don't it- <laughs> The other thing I can think of is a sort of situation where the fighter wouldn't have a chance of succeeding it, but that's not going to exist when you have plus nine to the saving throw. And who cares is, I guess, my right. question is like, okay, so there's a there's a situation where it's a, a DC 30 charisma saving throw and you've got a negative five charisma. I, I don't care. I still want to succeed this one because that's indomitable. That's what that feels like. So I right. lean towards just give it legendary resistance. And I think I said that even when we did our fighter retro. Yeah. Um, but I... I, I I'm curious what the what the thought was, if there was some reason why that'd be considered too powerful. Yeah, like, yeah, DC 30 saving throws. You don't see if that's right. the type of thing you're throwing in there because you need everyone to fail it. Don't. It's not a saving throw. It's just a story beat. Right. <laughs> this thing happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious now what Tiamat uh, forces for saving throws. And I, have, of course, have to look it up. Yeah. If the, so DC 26 is what I see. Uh, 27. Sorry, 27. So, yeah, pretty pretty darn high. And if you are a level 18 fighter, getting a plus 18 means you're probably going to succeed, whatever that is. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see where it comes yeah. out in the uh, the general feedback. And maybe that's feedback that you all should leave. Yeah, let's manipulate these votes. <laughs> Or don't. I think it's actually fine. It's okay. <laughs> no, no, don't listen to Will. <laughs> um, I think the, if they were going to leave it like this, I would ask for just the one bit of just making it advantage instead of just a reroll. Like you can grant yourself advantage and you get the, the plus to your fighter level. But then it is probably just going to succeed every time. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. All right. All right, we can move on. Okay, 10th, 11th, and 12th are all the same. New, Well, 10th is a subclass feature. That's not the same, but nothing to talk about. Here, 11th, another extra attack, and 12th is another feeder ability score improvement. 13th, you get weapon add-ups. Um, you are a master of weapons. When you use your weapon expert feature on a kind of weapon, you can give that kind of weapon two properties rather than one, but you then use only one property at a time. Whenever you make an attack roll against a target with that kind of weapon, you decide which of the two properties apply to that attack. You make this decision before the attack hits or misses. For example, you could apply the push and topple properties to longswords, and whenever you hit a target with a longsword, you decide which of those properties to use against the target. Um, I do like this one in terms of more tactical choices, because it's like every time you attack, you pick which one you do, and you could switch out what two weapons are applied, what two mastery types are applied to it on a long rest, and it does also keep your like super cool magic item that you probably have at this point relevant going i i I quite like this one um i would almost want to see it a little earlier just because i like it so much and it's kind of really makes the fighter stand out yeah it's a good question if if it would be fitting at seventh level yeah which obviously that allowed you to to change it but if just right away at seven let him do the two and then 13th is something new i I don't know what else time i had but it's it's interesting to to entertain i wouldn't yeah wouldn't mind giving that a shot because it yeah, does still, in, you know, you still can only do one on each hit. So it is just giving you the, the option. Um, 
I like the fact that it's also you make the decision before the attack hits or misses. Um, that does break up table play, though, and and just general having to remember to say it every single time beforehand is sure. messy. And I don't just love design like that. And we've we've talked about that before with like guidance as an example. And they they changed that up where it's now as a reaction or whatever. Anything that has to be declared before the thing is made is going to be forgotten. And it leads to this really awkward situation where then you have to kind of say, ooh, which one was it going to be that time? With this one, I think it might be an exception because you're having to declare what you do anyways. It's your turn. I am going to attack the ogre with my great axe. Like you have to declare that anyway. So now it's, I'm going to attack the ogre with my great axe using the push property. It's I just one more line added. It's not love your optimism. I love it. But <laughs> please go through in your head how every single time somebody at our table says they want to make an attack. I make an attack. Boom. Throw the dice. Throw the dice. Throw the dice. They're not sitting and saying, I make an attack with my quarter staff and I would like to like it's it's just you're you're usually doing it rapid fire. I I am you're right. It is just one more line. It should be easy, but it's gonna be forgotten. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, a lot I don't of think times, it's a big so... deal that it's going to be forgotten though, because nothing's like game changing. Probably not. But I think you also might be right on something that this there's going to be a weapon swapping tendency of some fighters who have to catch every single one of these mastery properties and don't bring it yep. up until it's, you know, a thing that matters. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because at that point, if you can apply the two weapon properties, uh is it on any kind or is it when you use your weapon expert feature on a kind of weapon, you can give that kind of weapon two properties and the weapon expert is you can choose one kind of mastery and one weapon. Okay. So you can do this on one weapon. So you couldn't, or you can't at this point have two different weapons with two masteries giving you like four options out of two weapons. So you just choose one weapon. That one has two. Everything else has one. Just, just trying to make sure that there's no like, I don't know, way to, as Will said, get all the masteries and try and get them all out in one turn and those types of things. All right. Anything else on this feature, though? Nope. Okay. 14th nude subclass feature. 15th, you get a second action surge. So that's just bumped up two levels. It was 17th before. Now it's 15th. Like, eh, whatever. Sure. All right. At 17th, new ability, unconquerable. Uh, When you're in great peril, you can tap into a deep well of resilience within yourself. If you fail a saving throw and your indomitable feature is expended, you can use it again by expending a use of your second wind, which also heals you. Previously at this level, you got more features of Indomitable. So this is another way to upgrade it. Um, Putting out on the table of making Indomitable just legendary resistance does make this then silly. And when you look at it, like, is that that big of a deal to just give a free success? And you start leaning towards, no, this seems unnecessary then. It's like, oh, it's still not really quite there. If you take Indomitable at face value, this is a really nice boost to it. Right. Yeah, I mean, obviously getting your second wind out of it on top of that. At this right. point, you'll have four second wins. So you could potentially save your second wins entirely for this unconquerable feat and you still get the benefit of your second wind. That obviously depends on some situations like how many saving throws you're making in a, a combat day. But right. it is. It's a, it's a straight buff to second wind and indomitable. In fact, if you actually flipped the... 
this is not necessary, but you can kind of flip it in your head of like, you know, this is an upgrade to second wind. You can get your second wind and also, you know, almost entirely succeed any saving throw. Pretty much. Yeah. Also, it makes second wind not cost anything. Second wind is a bonus action. You're um, right. But indomitable is not anything. It's just rerolling the save. And then the unconquerable, unconquerable is not saying it uses your bonus action, right? Yes. Yeah. So kind of a free second one too. So it's a nice boost. It's nothing too crazy, but. No, I like it though. Yeah. It's It's neat. All right, at 18, this is when they get their third extra attack. This used to be the fire capstone at 20, where they can now attack four times. Happens at 18. Uh, all classes have been doing this, of moving their capstone to 18, because the 19th, not the Phoenix ability score, and 20th is the epic boons, which is the same as all other classes. So that is the new core fighter. Now that we've talked about it in greater detail, any other thoughts, opinions, statements? Same issues as before. Not enough uh, out of out of combat stuff. It it makes them better in combat, which I like. I think overall it's it's pretty good directions. The weapon masteries in general will be good, but it it feels like a it feels like a, a tiny little bump up instead of the the leaps and bounds that I, I guess I was hoping for. What I will say is that I don't think the fighter is suited at all for a generic out of combat buff. And I think it's a place that subclasses can feel well because a fighter, I think is the most diverse and varied and uh, malleable class in the game. So they shouldn't really be all good at something in the That's same fair. way. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm actually, I, I could get down with that. That's a really uh, good We point. won't see it with this next subclass. No, no, I actually like they're thoughts. not going to do that at all. It's uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just be clear. <laughs> um, I do think when we were talking about, you know, the, the battle master maneuvers, some chassis there would be able to accomplish that as, you know, tied to the core because you'd still be able to pick and choose in the same way that you can with invocations and such. But maybe I just won't get invocations for every class. And if I want that, I can go play Pathfinder. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> this very, tear rolls down my yeah. eye. <laughs> this pretty much was like a tune-up to it. It's, I would definitely not going to say it's worse than the 5th edition fighter, um, where we've said that about some previous UAs. So, yeah, I'm having trouble getting a strong opinion on it, which is actually a problem because a lot of people were putting their hopes and dreams on closing that. The one D&D better close in that Marshall caster gap. And it didn't. Yeah. Like I, I I'm not, don't know what it. people the, want. Yeah. Like what do you, <laughs> I get more tactical choices, more to do on your turn than what you currently have. If you're just a Marshall, basically but, fourth edition, but like hey, everyone hated fourth edition when it came out as a reactionary thing to say, it was too much like the MMO kicks at the time, but whatever. Um, Hey, Will, remember that, uh, uh, I don't know, two days ago when I was talking about ways to give your barbarian a cool thing to do in combat, and we agreed that, I don't know, an AoE restrain type thing would be pretty awesome. Where's that? Where are those things? And, you know, weapon masteries don't add that level of of depth to the, the martial classes. Casters have the ability to affect the battlefield. I'm still not seeing the ability to affect the battlefield. 
So the only thing that they do well is damage. They hit hard over and over and over again. Masteries, again, slightly tuned that, but it just didn't, it didn't blow anything wide open. Right. And that's something like the Battle Masters, Superiority Dice. Definitely starts going in that direction in a really good way, but it's getting so specific. You have to play a fighter and pick that subclass. That's right. what I was saying. Or um, once per encounter abilities or like that sort of resource management, bringing them back, I think could be very helpful here because then you could give them cool stuff where you don't have to worry about it being spammable. That's a big ask. And I think that's what a lot of people like. That's a great suggestion, but that's huge. Yeah. You're not going to put it on a retrofit to fifth edition. You have to come out with sixth edition and just rebuild yeah. it from the ground up. But they're not going to do that. Clearly, all this time and effort on one D&D, which is just going to be basically be a giant errata to fifth edition. It's like, so yeah, you're right. We're probably not going to see it. I don't think any of these big, huge fixes that people want to see, we're going to see. Ever. Maybe I want until it. They, until they come out with sixth edition. Maybe I wanted it. Give me sixth edition. I'll wait another year. I want another, another year. <laughs> <laughs> another year. You think it's going to take one more year to just do sixth edition? It's going to take like three more years to finish one D and D. Yeah, I would have been perfectly fine if one D and D was turning into sixth edition, and it would have been taking longer, and means we had to buy new books and whatever. If it was like, if it was a good edition, if it addressed the core issues that constantly come up and the issues that we have. I don't care. Yeah, that would have been fine. I mean, that's like kind of what this hobby does. New editions come out and address them and you choose if you want to move on or not. That would have been fine with that. Now we're getting these half-assed measures of it retrofitted on top. And they're still probably going to try and use this to sell us more shit anyway. So it doesn't matter. Oh, they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is no argument there. There is yeah. going to be a new DMG. There's a new player's handbook. It's Yeah, the only thing it really saves as far as I could tell is that the pre-written adventures and campaigns can still be used with the one D and T stuff where if you went all the way to like a new sixth edition, no, it probably wouldn't. And I think yeah, which, that's it. And I have a really, feeling it's not even going to port over all that well anyways. Cause I think the balance is going to be pretty off. Yeah. And the pre-written adventures early on in fifth edition are terrible anyways. So who cares? Um, yeah, I, <sighs> This this is turning more ranty than it is about the fighter. Let's let's move Whatever. on to the champion. But it's man, which I is actually a good rant. place it's to move. This is a podcast. This is where you rant. It's fine, yeah. Jared. I just I just want to be excited about this, and I and I yeah. don't feel excited about it, and it's it's bumming me out. Imagine being excited for anything ever. Just give. Up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, I love it, Lil. You always you always keep me grounded. <laughs> what I will say and. As the most negative person who's probably lived in the last few centuries, I actually am kind of happy about how they are, while they're not fixing these huge sweeping things, they are going and tuning up things that just were friggin' terrible, like the champion. Sure. There's low-hanging fruit. They are getting it, and I'm glad for it. That's true. I I will say from a... You're right. And all of the subclasses that have been revised, I'd say most of them have been pretty good changes to to what were otherwise really bad subclasses. And we, we mentioned that quickly, like the Berserker Barbarian. And we'll talk about that obviously more in depth when we cover the Barbarian. But like that was a great update to the subclass. Even the Champions, pretty all right yeah. update to what's supposed to be a simple subclass. Those two are good. I can't think of other ones. I know like Druid was butchered. Um, Druid Same was... 
the warlock paladin was, was good. the other uh-huh. wrong direction of making it too strong because apparently paladins are the favorite child um i should i should rephrase this entirely this playtest packet has had a okay. lot of good subclasses okay and i am going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're trying different things for each of these each of these releases and i think this one hit the mark for subclasses okay sure that is fair i agree with that so let's speaking let's of which, should we talk about the champion yeah um, <laughs> yeah the, the flavor and lore of the champion is the same that's kind of the most basic fighter probably one of the most basic character you could really play um and that doesn't change and that's fine that that exists in the player handbook though it was kind of not great where like all they got at third level was improved critical if i'm remembering correctly which is such a swingy yeah but basically you crit on a 19 or a 20 instead of just a 20 and that's such like the situational random swingy thing it doesn't really feel good that's all you get so they still have improved critical but in addition now they get adaptable victor you've studied you've studied your friends and foes alike and learned that victor relies on adaptability whenever you finish a long rest you can gain proficiency in one skill from those available to this class at first level as you remind yourself of past lessons the proficiency lasts until the end of your next long rests yeah look at that (laughs) out of combat utility you're gonna be so useful Oh, I assume I'm, you're mocking us well. I'm sensing some it's, sarcasm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty tall. <laughs> it's really not that exciting. <laughs> it's not uh, enough. You don't know what proficiencies you're going to need. You'll likely just pick one and kind of stick with it unless some very specific situation comes up. What are we doing tomorrow? We're going to pet dogs. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, and the uh, skill list for fighters is pretty limited. Yeah. I Yeah. But you could, so it'll probably be the persuasion one, I guess. I don't know. Um, Yep, that's not great. I'm glad that they're trying something for the out of combat stuff, but try again, please. All right, moving on from that, though, because that that is just third level. So it's still kind of a weaker third level, but at least they did try and gave something else. It's not enough. Yes. But it is, maybe maybe since that design idea is there, it could be boosted. then at 6, you get additional fighting style. This used to come online at 10th, which was pretty late, so I'm happy they moved it up uh, so you get another fighting style feat of your choice. That is always a good solid option. I do like that, especially if they expand on the fighting styles. We have complained about I could not tell you what episodes, so I'm not going to link to them. But sometime in the past, I've complained about getting additional fighting style choices, not actually feeling like that meaningful of a choice because like you're kind of like locked into this is my weapon, and then you're basically like picking like defense or something generic. Yeah. If they're expanded on, could be really great. Or especially then if you're juggling different weapons because of masteries more. Again, another fighting style could be really useful in that sense. And it's four levels earlier, so that's nice. But also at six, so six is packed a bit more heroic warrior, which is a whole new feature. The thrill of battle drives you toward victory once per combat. Hey, once per combat. That just dawned on me. Hey. What we were just talking about. Okay. So they Let's can do it. They know how. Edition. They know how to write the words once per combat. <laughs> you can give yourself heroic advantage if you start your turn without it. Yeah, so a heroic advantage is basically, it's it's inspiration. Um, I don't know why they changed the name, but they, they just did. So basically saying once per combat, you give yourself inspiration if you don't, if you start your turn without it. And then... I don't mm-hmm. like that part. I don't like that if you if you start your turn without it. You, it feels like you're being punished for, for happening to hold on to it for some reason before, like in between. Well, no, so it doesn't... You use it then. Like you, you're in a combat and you have an inspiration 
And so then it's not when you roll initiative, it's once per combat. So in that combat, then you miss an attack and you use it. And then your next turn, you just give it yourself back. If you start your turn. No, yeah. yes, that is a very, very important distinction that I missed. Thank you. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. I like that a lot. Um, it fits that champion style. It's, it is like generic. There's not like much flavor in what's happening there, but that's kind of what the champion is. And so it's just better in that sense. I do like this one. You, your subclass flavor is lukewarm and your abilities will be too, damn it. <laughs> no, it is a good ability. It's just is it the flavor of it isn't anything exciting. Right. There is no flavor to it. You are a heroic warrior, so you get heroic advantage. Yeah. Because you're a champion who so is a fighter. You just kind of bolt on whatever flavor you want. to very generic chassis, chassis. Yeah. So whatever. All right. Then attempt to get superior critical. This is up. It's the same thing in the player handbook. You now crit on 18 to 20, um, but you used to get it at 15th. So now you get it at 10th. Another thing where it much needed just earlier boost. Um, that was the big one of the big problems with the player handbook um, champion is everything came just too late. So they're bumping the good stuff up, packing things in a little earlier, which I think I, I like. Agreed. And then finally, uh, 14th survivor. This used to be... Um, 18th so pretty pretty late into it and just enhanced a little bit so you attain the pinnacle of resilience in battle giving you these benefits defy death you have advantage on death saving throws moreover when you roll an 18 to 20 on a death save you gain the benefit of rolling a 20 which is so cool um i love that that the, yeah. the rolling a 20 on death save moments are really cool and really really rare in case you're not familiar as written if you're rolling a death saving throw and get a 20 the death save happens at the beginning of your turn and you come back with one health and so you get to pry yourselves out of the jaws of death through your own will and take your turn and do whatever you need. And it makes for really cool moments. We always really play it up at the table, but they're very rare as kind of expected. So being able to happen in 18 to 20, I love it. Just a character that could do that more. And you have advantage on the roll too. So it's yes. pretty common. Oh, yes. Yeah, happen. absolutely. Yeah. And then Heroic Rally, at the start of each of your turns, you regain hit points equal to five plus your constitution modifier if you have no more than half your hit points left. You don't think gain this benefit if you have zero hit points. Apparently, so I didn't know what as... the champion survivor was. Is it just that? Yep, exact same. Yeah, so heroic okay. rally is the same as survivor was in, in fifth edition. Yeah, so then what's new is the added on the death save stuff, which is huge. That yes. That is big, especially in the fifth edition, which is very yo-yo heavy, where people go down a lot. It's also at 14th level instead of 18th, yes. so you will actually see it at your table. Yeah, and I do like heroic rally. I even liked it how it was in the player handbook again it just comes online so late um right also five plus your constitution modifier and hit points is not a ton i would let's like to see that 10. go up more yeah let's just I say it's gonna generous. cap out at 10 and then let's remember that's gonna keep procking just over and over and over you're right at you're right every single half. turn you're yeah so the hope okay. is is that you've got second wind or some healing or something and that it's enough to carry you to the next one and then just keep on boost, boost, boosting up. Yeah. Um, obviously, if it's a situation where you you start your turn, you take an attack, you do absolutely nothing and nobody heals you in any way and then you just get knocked down. Yeah, okay, that's, that's not going to be fun. But the defy death is going to keep you alive for so long that, I don't know, I think it's going to be, well... The best way to kill a level 14 champion will be to just stab them on the ground repeatedly. 
which is the best way to kill anything, really. (laughs) (laughs) Or crush them, nudge them, burn them. Dip them in acid, (laughs) shoot them with lasers, teleport them to a different planet. Shove them into a uh, orb of annihilation. All I do like to teleport are... to a different planet, though. That does not kill them. That makes them the superhero on that planet. No, yeah, yeah, planet that can't support life. Duh. Just oh, pick one oh. that has no atmosphere, and then they just like die. a gas giant. Yeah, even they... worse than no atmosphere. It's like, no, nope, you just got to suck to the core of some <laughs> gas giant. But they just keep saving their defy death, <laughs> and they just they keep living for a very very long time. An interesting um, combination here is. I don't think this worked in 5th edition because that's saving throws. No, they were saving throws. Yeah, they were always okay, saving Okay, so throws, yeah. you could use Indomitable on them, right? As long as Indomitable doesn't say, like, while you're conscious or something, it's if you fail a saving throw, you can re-roll it with a bonus equal to your fighter level. So, so are, yeah, I don't see why not. In 5th edition, is it really death saving throws? Yes, why it do is large now. jack of all trades apply to it jack of all trades does not apply to saving throws it applies to ability checks i know doesn't it apply to death saves no it applies to initiative that's what okay never mind we got that's what i was i was gonna no no, no. we that. need to leave yeah. this for posterity because sometimes ellie's wrong <laughs> once a year once a year yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fine we can leave it. i was getting mixed up with initiative because i knew there was yeah. one of those where most people don't think it applies and it does it's initiative mm-hmm. never mind so overall, I mean, yeah, the champion fighter is looking a little bit better. You know, I, I think, Will, when you were saying that the fighter is is really uh, ripe to be manipulated via the subclass for out-of-combat stuff, we don't see that here. I'm not really sure off the top of my mind what champion stuff there could be. I view somebody who's more of like a, a leader type, maybe, so somebody who maybe I don't want to say inspires because I don't want to like step on the toes of bards or something, but I do maybe like the idea of them getting a couple ways to, to rally their team. Um, I think the, the banner Lord idea was, Mm -hmm. was a thing for a while, but just that idea of like this, this person's strength of personality is so strong that it's encouraging us to fight our best is what I want to see. Wrong. Okay. But it's still not out of combat utility, but It's still in combat. There's, there's a lot no, of no, problems we're juggling. Whoa, wait, 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 no, it could be. It doesn't have to be in combat. They inspire you. It's just like as a human being, they're, they're got like, it. Their their personality is like okay. a a boon to be yeah. around. It's like yeah, they're the champion. They're the champion of the town or whatever. They garner their glory as stated in the flow. A little bit of flavor text. We get there. Yeah, I can see it. Their presence just bolstering others to be better. Right. So we'll walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The champion is just dope at shit. It's it's literally in the flavor text. The only thing that requires of a champion is to be good at stuff. Fuck everybody else in the party. You're the best around. I don't. Nobody's I don't ever going to keep you down. I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. I do. I think that you can play that character, and you. It's still that idea of like people are so enamored by you even just like what whatever it is like yes you kick so much ass that it literally lifts up your teammates in some capacity you you succeed on a athletics check so well that everybody else gets advantage on their athletics checks i like the idea of playing like a feel pumped 
a Gastonist type character who believes that true. That's true, but most people find it really obnoxious. <laughs> you do crazy jumps and flips and stuff when you don't need to, and you're like, ha, 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 I'm the greatest. Aren't you impressed and ennobled by my glory? It's like, no, you're just good at stuff. It says that. <laughs> and then everybody's doing better just to try and one up you to show you're not that great. <laughs> so you still get the mechanical benefit. There we go. Uh, we should actually mention why I kind of was pumped about this is because a they they shifted all the stuff around so you get the good parts of being a champion when it matters and they got rid of remarkable athlete which was horrifyingly bad which was oh. starting at seventh <laughs> level you add half your proficiency bonus round up to any strength dexterity or constitution check you make that doesn't already use your proficiency bonus. But wait, there's more. In addition, when you make a running long jump, the distance you can cover increases by a number of feet equal to your strength. Modifier. Okay, so stick with me, though. You take that remarkable athlete and you apply it to members of your party. Get to add half your proficiency bonus to those roles that they don't have proficiency in. And I'm in. Mm, Okay. And don't replace anything else that's here, though. That's like another thing they get as yes, part of a adaptable yes, yes, victor yes. at third level. Okay. So, it, like, yes, it it is. You're so remarkable. You're showing people the way, and they're like, like, whoa, you are. You're the best at this, and I can learn from you. That's what I want. I like it. You know what else I want? I want to save ten percent off my order at Fan Roll Dice. What should I do? Use the code MM10. Oh my gosh, the code MM10 to get 10% off my entire order and free shipping on orders over $50? Does that work with sales? That works with sales too. Wow, that's incredible. And I still don't have enough dice, so I'm going to have to check them out. And listeners, you should check that out too. (laughs) You should check that out too. That'd be such a great idea. All right, top 10 cheesiest one. Um, <laughs> check out Fan Roll Dice. Yeah. Support the show. Like, comment, subscribe, all of those things. Share us with your friends for whatever reasons. I don't know. Maybe to just, just be like, Will is the most negative per- person in the world, but he likes the champion. So you should too. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you as always to our patrons, Cameron C, Ed G, Craig A, Brian H, Isaac M, Jeff W, Star Shinobi, Vincent M, Barents, Bob F, Gray, Joe P, Muddleweight, Rick D, Sentinel D20, Tyler S, Adam A, Rob K, and Sir Laugh-A-Lot. Uh, if you want to join the Patreon, you can head on over to monstersandmulticlass.com forward slash support, where you can find our affiliates like Fan Roll Dice, as well as our Patreon, where you can get early access to episodes most of the time, and show notes, and other things. Cool. And as always, thanks for watching. <laughs>